Today on CityCast Boise, from falling home prices to some good news for trans kids, Blake Hunter is with me to chat through the stories we can't stop thinking about this week. Plus, are we in a vibe session or are we getting economic mixed signals? It's Friday, January 5th. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hey, Blake. Happy Friday. First Friday of uh, 2024. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And welcome back, Frankie. It's it's great to have you back. Oh, it's so good to be back. I've missed I've missed being on the microphone with you, especially. So yeah, thanks for helping um, break down the news from the week. And I want to start with this one headline you wrote about in the Hey Boise newsletter, which was kind of a mixed bag of higher prices, um, specifically around Idaho Power is raising their rates. Yeah, this was a big kind of long drawn out story in 2023. Uh, Idaho Power, being a public utility company, has to request, you know, rate increases from the Idaho Public Utilities Commission, which is essentially, yeah, just a board that kind of reviews and collects any parties who want to weigh in on that. And so Idaho Power ended up getting approved a 4.25% base rate increase. So essentially just every residential customer has to pay that much more for their electricity per month. And that will increase Idaho Power's revenue annually by $54.7 million. Now, 4.25% equals about $4.44 a month for like the average residential customer. So like that's the breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, starting this, you know, this January, like you're being charged that much more. However, Idaho Power originally requested an 8.61% increase back last spring. Uh, and it that kind of got negotiated down. And this is their first base rate increase since 2011. So I mean, if you think about how much the Valley has changed since then, it's been pretty considerable, but needless to say, anytime that anybody's bills are going up, they're they're not super happy. Uh, so that has definitely been a factor in this conversation. Yeah, I think like stepping back, it's like Idaho's power rates are over overall less expensive than a lot of other states in the country. So we have that going for us. But this all kind of points to this and a few other items we're going to talk about is kind of like the cost of living in Boise these days and how it's going up, how it's affecting people at the bottom end, obviously more than people at the top end, um, how it can feel different depending on where you are uh, on the income scale. So, oh, another thing though, a side note, uh, speaking of Idaho Power, before we move on, um, they had some solar panel news and people are pissed, at least yeah. on Reddit. <laughs> I don't know, I'm sure on other social media too. What's, what's going on with this? Yeah, so essentially the way solar powers in Idaho work Again, I'm I'm just kind of dipping my toes in this, but essentially how it works is that people who have solar panels on their house or, you know, whatever structure, then send that electricity back to Idaho Power and get paid for it. Because essentially, like, they're paying for the cost of the installation of the solar panels on their home or their structure, and then the power that's generated from that is going back into the grid in theory, to like benefit everybody. So they're getting paid for that power that's generated, right? That's kind of the general exchange. Correct. And then basically what happened is that Idaho Power started doing net metering instead of kind of uh, doing just very focused charging of people. And so this is one that we're still figuring out. I'm sure that anyone who has solar powers already knows about this. We're just kind of letting other people know who might not know about it. 
Yeah, and I guess if you're thinking about getting solar panels and you're learning this news, does this change your mind? Are you mad if you're someone who already, are you big mad if you're someone who already has panels? I'd love to hear from yeah listeners about this. So if anybody has any questions or thoughts they want to share, they should email us, boise at citycast.fm, and we'll keep following it. One more note on the you know cost of living in Boise these days. Another thing that happened this week, did you see that gas prices, according to AAA, are down? I know, which, I mean, I was driving back and forth to Twin over the holidays, so I was grateful for it. But we're still, you know, above the national average, but they are going down. Idaho's so weird with gas prices. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are like the 15th in the country for most expensive fuel right now. We're always kind of top there. You know, there's other parts of everybody's, you know, monthly budget that we're lower on, like lower on groceries, like I said, lower generally on power prices. But then gas prices, if you got to fill up your tank a lot, you're feeling that. So I'm sure some people, are, yeah, are certainly happy that it's a little bit down. Yeah. Does that change your budget at all? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on how much you how much you drive and everything. Yeah, I don't know. What else are you thinking about with just this big question of like, how much things cost, how much life is these days. Um, what does it mean to live and have to pay bills? Like what, what else are you following in the news right now around this question? One other thing that I was thinking about being raised in a family of teachers, I'm kind of constantly in tune with how much teachers get paid. So for the first time, the average Idaho teacher makes more than $60,000 uh, a year. And so that's up pretty considerably. You know, in, in Boise, it's just in the Boise School District, I should say, it's just over $70,000. But and I want to find I didn't include this in the newsletter because I want to find very specific Idaho numbers before getting into it more. But it's still it does not keep up with the cost of, with inflation. Right. And so, you know, this is a very important workforce in our community that, you know, just like everyone else, almost well, not just like everyone else, but like most people, uh, their pay is not keeping up with inflation, even though it is, you know, the state can kind of hang its hat on like record-breaking teacher salaries, which most everyone wants to see. Yeah, and that's obviously been a big push in the legislature for a while and a big focus of Governor Little around uh, teacher pay. And just like, yeah, to be able to attract great teachers and retain them. And what does that look like? But when inflation is layered on top of historic low wages, even pre the inflation that's happened in the last couple of years, uh, it's hard to keep those numbers, you know, actually being something that's like, oh, being a teacher is a sustainable career <laughs> and something I could actually see my family uh, being uh, able to survive on. I just feel like, you know, the, the word like vibe session has been going around for a long time now. And I just been thinking about that a lot and what it means specifically for the Treasure Valley Again, with like, okay, some prices are up, some prices are down. What does it actually pencil out to certain people? Like if you're an office worker with good benefits and uh, you've probably seen your pay pretty much hopefully keep up with inflation or at least be more competitive versus people who are like, you know, have less steady income or uh, are working minimum wage jobs or potentially, you know, working shift workers or whatever. It's just a completely different economy depending on where you are, let alone the people, you know, in the top 10% in Idaho. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you think about looking back at like the Idaho power conversation, a lot of the public comments were from people with fixed incomes or, you know, just on the lower end of uh, income. And we're just saying, you know, 
a lot of people, $4.44 is a drop in the bucket to them, but that I have to be really careful about how I budget things out. Yeah. Fixed incomes, all of that. You know, technically inflation is down, uh, just to be clear with some some numbers to throw at this. It's going up at about 3.1%, um, but that's down from 9.1% last summer as from, from the New York Times. Idaho's unemployment is historically low or is, is low and has been low for a long time compared to other states. But again, if you talk, so you look at these numbers that economists pay attention to, and then you talk to real Boiseans, real Idahoans, depending on where they are, it could be a different story. And that's where that like feeling of it being a recession without technically being a recession is continuing. Absolutely. Okay, Blake, I can't stop thinking about the economy, apparently, because I also want to talk specifically about the housing question and that being a major factor, of course, in people's uh, monthly budgets. I just wonder, what's it like for you right now renting in downtown Boise? What's what's what are you feeling? What's the vibe? Are you are you feeling like it's more affordable at all or about the same? Um, Not really. I think that it's remained pretty much the same. You know, I, I think that a lot of folks who have been renting have just I don't know. Everything just feels quite stagnant as far as prices, like the same as being demanded of us for just not a ton of services. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously that depends on your landlord and whatnot, but it, it just feels like we're stuck here and it's really our only option. Yeah. And I ask about downtown in particular, because of course we've seen this huge apartment building boom in Boise in the last five to 10 years, last two years, even especially. And I just am curious, like when are things going to feel more affordable, more, especially for young people, um, or again, for anybody who's on a fixed income or is single, like all those questions. And of course, we've been talking about the new zoning code yeah. um, and whether or not that can someday soon, <laughs> sooner than later, feel like you can get closer to moving from renting, which might already feel fairly unaffordable to actually buying a house someday. I think about like, we're still in that world of the post-COVID relief dollars and, you know, people who were able to get rental relief uh, and have fallen off a cliff there, let alone the people who have actually fallen into homelessness in part because of that. Yeah. And we know that, you know, homelessness is on the rise in Idaho and the Treasure Valley specifically, and also just, you know, problems with eviction are on the rise in general. And so, yeah, it, it, it can be pretty frustrating. And I, I'm struggling to think of any program that I've thought of that now, like, there is still any post-COVID, you know, relief dollars coming in. Like, I really can't think of anything. I think so, too. We could be wrong, but I think the days, those days are over. At least, like, the large, large chunk of it, certainly. Yeah, yeah. What people were feeling that was very, like, this is real money dollars in my bank account. Yeah. I also just wonder, like I said, with those, that big apartment boom, if we'll start to see more competition. For example, I noticed there's a couple of downtown buildings. Now, granted, they're expensive to, to live in for most people making Boise wages to start with, but there's, like, like move-in specials, yeah. which is kind of a new thing. Um, we haven't seen move-in specials, you know, like first month off or parking free for six months and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to watch in 2024 if things start to loosen up a little bit and feel any better for renters. And speaking of kind of moving from renters into buyers, like what's your perspective on like, do you think that it's going to become, I mean, yeah, like we said, like the zoning code, will hopefully change, is already changing things, but will hopefully like mean meaningful change for a lot of Boiseans. But what, what's your take on whether home buying is actually going to be on 
tell me if I'm going to be able to buy a house anytime soon. That's what I'm saying. Blake, will you ever be able to own a home or anytime soon? Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, kind of looking at these big national numbers and trying to localize them and seeing how it's affecting Boise, uh, which, you know, mortgage rates are still, uh, higher than they were. And that is keeping a lot of people out of the market and people are on the sidelines. It's also winter. People are less likely to want to buy right now anyway. Talk to a real estate agent and find out how uh, not busy they are as compared to the last couple of crazy years when mortgage rates were lower and the COVID uh, boom to move to, uh, to Boise was a big deal. So it's kind of this weird moment where like mortgage rates are high, we're starting to see prices really come down. And Boise was pointed out in a Fortune uh, article I saw recently as one of the top five markets where, the top market, actually, to be clear, the very top market where prices have dropped right. significantly. So, but the th thing is, like, they were so high to start with that dropping to where they are now, I don't know. We'll see if mortgage rates come down in the spring, which it seems like they're going to, that's where things are sound like they're headed. That's a mixed bag because it could mean, yeah, some people who've been waiting for those to come down and to wait to see the market come down a bit might finally be able to jump in. It could also mean that we get back to a stage where things are really hyper-competitive. The days of like 2021 when people were doing cash offers and it was crazy. You had to, you know, make a decision right away if you like were able to get into a house at all versus now where you probably are able to shop around a bit, spend some time, uh, do the math with your bank and figure out if it's possible. So yeah, mixed bag, Blake. Yeah. I see it getting a little better. I will say that. Okay, that's my take. I do see it getting a little bit better. I think if you're at all interested, if listeners are thinking about it at all, I mean, I'm not giving financial advice, but like maybe maybe start thinking about what that could look like for you in 2024 if you're interested and let us know how it goes. <laughs> I'd really like to hear if people are interested in getting into uh, a house for the first time in 2024. Again, email us, boise at citycast.fm. You also mentioned that there's like some some kind of calculator. I mean, I'm sure that there's lots of tools out there, but you, you have like a go-to calculator that you like for kind of helping people decide whether to jump in the market or not. Yeah, or just even thinking about it or, or trying to have those first conversations among your loved ones or, or whoever you might be buying with. Yeah, um, the New York Times has this interesting calculator that they I think they first developed in like 2014. They recently updated it, and it allows you to kind of figure out depending on what market you're in, if renting or buying is less expensive for you. And for the last few years, renting was definitely a better bet, according to this calculator, in Boise than buying. Um, however, it kind of seems I ran a couple numbers. I went on Zillow, and basically you're supposed to compare a, uh, a place that you would potentially rent versus a similar style, similar size, similar everything uh, home that you would potentially want to see yourself buying. So I found... Uh, a condo, or excuse me, a townhouse on the bench and compared it to a townhouse for rent on the bench. And the number actually seemed to be more in favor, at least in this case, of buying. Interesting. But then if you go to a different neighborhood, like the North End, it's still definitely cheaper to rent in the North End than to buy. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that, that that's a big part of the push for the zoning code is that hopefully we just kind of create more options in between those two things. You know, right. there's there's better offers for 
smaller homes that aren't, you know, just single, single unit uh, houses, um, but there, then there's also more options for renters. So, I mean, yeah, that does sound like a useful tool, but I just hope that soon all of those lines get more and more blurred, but we'll see what happens. We'll link the calculator in our show notes. Uh, check it out. Tell us what you think about it. But I think it's it's kind of a, a fun tool to play around with. Okay, let's switch to, so the legislature is starting up soon. We'll talk about that. You have a, a conversation coming up around that in particular. But last session, we saw HB 71, which was the bill that bans trans youth getting gender-affirming care. That bill was passed last year. It was very controversial and it was supposed to go into effect a few days ago on January 1st. What's going on? Yeah, so two families uh, took this law to court essentially right after it it was passed last year. And so their argument is that House Bill 71 violates the 14th Amendment, the Constitution, for equal protection under the law. And so it's saying that it uh, discriminates based on, on gender. That was set to go in effect on January 1st, as you said, but a couple days after Christmas... Um, a judge, a federal judge weighed in and said, just blocked the law from taking effect. So the lawsuit is still ongoing, um, obviously, but it's just essentially blocked uh, from from going into effect. I recently read an article, I believe it was from KTVB, about families who have moved out of Idaho already because of this law. Mm. And so I'm sure that we'll continue to see this. But it was interesting in his decision to talk about this, uh, He, the judge said that the plaintiffs, the families arguing that their rights were being violated, said that they have a strong likelihood, quote unquote, of prevailing, uh, of you know, winning out eventually in this. And of course, Attorney General uh, Raul Labrador said that he is going to appeal this decision. But at least for now, uh, as we await the final kind of decision, there's a pause on it. So at least Idaho trans youth can still get that care, whatever care they can with whatever physicians they can. But that is at least a bit of like good news in in kind of this leeway as as this case goes on. It's also just fascinating. Like w- once again, another bill that um, or another law that was passed that a lawsuit came before Judge Lynn uh, a windmill, windmill yeah. and he um, you know ruled in favor of the the plaintiffs and you know against obviously the wishes of uh, far right lawmakers in the state house and even moderate uh, members of the state house, including uh, Governor Little, who did sign the law into effect in April, kind of with a, you know, a little asterisk, but at the same time, he did, he did still uh, sign it. And just a reminder, this law specifically, the, the premise of it essentially would sentence, uh, would punish Idaho physicians, right. Idaho doctors with up to 10 years in prison for, for providing this kind of care, which is, you know, stamped with approval by pretty much every major board of physicians that there is. So we'll keep watching that, I guess. But for now, for families with trans kids, uh, in their family, it's it's definitely a win at the moment. What else is going on? Okay, state house, it's coming up. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> like it feels like it just ended, uh, honestly. But uh, here we are. The legislature's kicking off again here soon. Yeah, and it's going to be a long political year. I mean, we've got just primaries and elections and all of that business. And before that, we have to go through the legislative session. So I have a preview episode coming out on Monday that hopefully will kind of help just orient folks around what they need to be paying attention to, you know, what the big names and what the big items are going to be. Before we get into that, you had a bit of kind of tidbit of news about the news uh, regarding like how reporting on state houses actually works across the country. I'm so excited for that episode, by the way, that you're having uh, Ian Max Stevenson from the Idaho Statesman and Logan Finney from Idaho Reports on 
two of uh, a number of statehouse reporters who cover the legislature day in, day out. And I just was poking around the Pew Research Center's website and saw this um, information on statehouse reporters and the numbers of states where statehouse reporters, people who are there, you know, asking tough questions of lawmakers every day, following the ins and outs of committee meetings, keeping the public updated on what their government is doing on their behalf. Um, And Idaho is one of the states out of five in 2022, so this date is a little bit old, where our statehouse reporters, um, our press corps, is down significantly. Mm. And, oh, it's just such, it's so sad. Like, you and I, we know this because we're journalists and um, we're aware, but actually kind of seeing the data uh, from a couple years ago just kind of put a lump in my throat because what happens when uh, you don't have as many reporters able to cover the legislature is stuff can get, stuff can, you know, fly by the wayside. People will miss information. Officials may not be held accountable the way they should be. And of course, this is uh, because of what's happened in our industry uh, in the last 20 to 30 years and specific newsrooms around the state that have had to close bureaus, significantly reduce the number of reporters they send to the Capitol because they're not able to afford to send more than one or maybe a half or maybe an intern or they cover it a little bit, but not fully. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> it's a bummer. It's it's tough news. And, you know, it's also a part of it is, you know, you have veteran journalists who've been doing this for a long time retire. And then you have young reporters who are coming in and, you know, trying to make the best out of it, but it's it can be a hostile industry. And, you know, it's it's always tough work, and it, that includes here in Idaho. So, yeah, very grateful for the press that we do have in Boise. I think that people don't quite understand, like, for the size of Boise and for, like, in an American city, we have a really strong press. We really do. Yeah, I mean, everybody has takes on media, and we, we get that, but um, they are, yeah, we have a really, really strong group of folks working here. Yeah. And honestly, so like I said, this was data from 2022. I'd be curious to get the numbers for this year of how many people are uh, credentialed to go cover the legislature this year and will be there uh, day in, day out. But I don't know. I feel like we might be starting to see this trend reverse, that there have been a couple of outlets uh, that have come online or have been able to add um, existing outlets who have been able to add uh, people to their roster of uh, press corps at the state house. So... I'm hopeful. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know yet, but I hope so. Yeah, I'm hopeful. But I mean, what needs to happen is people need to support those outlets, uh, subscribe to them, donate to those organizations. We definitely want to shout out, you know, our friends at Boise State Public Radio, Idaho Reports, Idaho Statesman, Idaho Capital Sun, the Idaho Press. Subscribe to those outlets. They're great. And uh, we like having them on the podcast. We like reading their stories. We like sharing their stories. And um, we need to, you know, keep supporting them in order to make sure that we're holding our officials accountable. Absolutely. Yeah. Please go support them. Okay, Blake. I think that's it. Thanks so much. This was really fun. I appreciate I appreciate you helping break down these complicated stories. Thank you. We made it through the first week of the year. We got it. We did it. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. It takes a village, so big thanks to Evelyn Avitia, Dylan Brogan, Grant Irving, and Blake Hunter for producing the show this week. 
Our music is by local band Up Is The Down Is The. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and I'm so glad you're listening, Boise. Do you have a question, story idea, or a gripe to share with us in the new year? Hit us up, boise at citycast.fm. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. See you then.